We're going to look at a passage this week out of Luke chapter 10. And uh, how many of you are going on a short-term trip this summer somewhere? Somewhere you're going to either Galveston or D.C. or doing something else. I know there's a lot of you. Yeah, raise your hand. So Jesus is talking about um, sending people out on a mission. And it's almost like a little short-term mission trip that he's talking about here. But even if you're not going on one, that's that's really not what he's talking about. Specifically, uh, he's really talking to all of us and giving us, leaving us an example of what we should, how we should be living our lives. So this this is from Luke chapter ten. We're going to read this verse here, starting in uh, verse one. It says this: After this, the Lord appointed seventy-two others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go! I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I'm going to pray very briefly. Lord, help us to interpret this. Help us to to take this passage and... um, Take it into our lives, apply it, and live it out. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Mike says this, and he sort of want to say that again because it's, it's, uh, it's important. Sometimes we sort of think, okay, so we've, we've got, we were a church and we have this mission. It's really the other way around. God has a mission, it's, and his mission is going to succeed whether we sort of follow through on it or not. His mission has a church. He uses the church to carry out his mission to preach good news to people who don't know this good news. To, to tell people that, hey, you thought that you had to earn your, your right uh, relationship with God. You don't have to. You thought that your life was going to be broken forever. It can be healed. There is healing. There is, there's so much that people don't know that is available to them. And that's our, our responsibility, our opportunity to share that. God's Mission has a church. And, and I've, heard, I've heard this first when I was in college. We're the only organization in the world that exists for the benefit of its non-members. Think about that. Most organizations, they just, they're like, it's all, it's all about being in the organization. And all we care about is, is if you're in, and once you're in, we'll take care of you. If you're not in, we don't care about you. The church exists for the benefit of those who are not already members of this organization. So with that as the background, there's three observations I'm going to make and three applications from this passage. The first observation is this. Mission is intended to be done in community. And we see this in verse 1 where Jesus sends them out two by two. He never sends anybody out. You just go by yourself. Two by two, he sends people out. We need people who will help us see our blind spots, see things that we don't see, right? We've all got blind spots. We've all got things that we can't see that are true about us. Everyone else can see them and no one else, because we, we can't. We need people to say, hey, I don't know if you know this, but there's this thing that, you know, you could really, if you just knew this, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Thank you so much. We have people who can 
Help us be accountable so that we can live our lives to the full the way God wants us to. And when we have accountability, uh, it, we can make sure that we can do that. In the same way that, like, some of you that are involved in, like, workout things like CrossFit or, uh, or other things, you go and you work out with people, right? When I want to be challenged, like, I run a lot, but I run really slow. You know when I don't run slow? When I'm running with someone who naturally runs faster than me. And when I run with someone who naturally runs faster than me, I tend to run faster because they push me in a way that I don't push myself. We need community to live out God's mission. We need other people to say, hey, you know what? You can do this. I remember actually speaking of this. I remember this run I did. It was down in Austin, Texas, where I grew up. And it was like, it was, a, it was a 10K, and it was like, we'd gotten to mile six, and there was .2 left, and there was a guy walking. And I don't know why, but I was like, he's walking. He's got .2 left. Like, this is so stupid. And so I just said to him, it's a stranger. I was just like, come on, man. Finish line's right down there. You can do it. Let's go. Let's go. And I just kept running. And then, like, 10 seconds later, here's this guy running right past me. And he said to me, he's like, thanks, man. I didn't really know I could do it. That really helped. That really worked. And he like, vroom, ran by me. He, he thought he was out of gas. He thought, I can't possibly do this. I have to walk. But some, you know, idiot stranger comes and yells at him. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know what? I really can't finish it. Sometimes we need people to come in community and encourage us and say, you can do this. Let's do this together. So that's number one. It's a tend to be done in community. Number two is this. Mission can be hard and lonely and an opportunity to rely on God. So he says a number of things here that aren't particularly encouraging. Um, he's a realist when it comes to this work. He says that there's a lot of work to do and not a lot of people to do it. He says the people in the world are like wolves and you are like lambs. In other words, you are wolf food. Like he's very realistic. I'm sending you out, he says, like lambs among wolves. And wolves eat lambs. So he's, he's promising us that this is going to be difficult. In verse 10, he says, give specific instructions for when people reject you. Like, Jesus is just very clear. Hey, things aren't going to go great when you live out my mission. From time to time, you're going to have a really rough go at it. And like, when they reject you, here's how you should respond to them. Um, this is not a warm and fuzzy, encouraging moment from Jesus. This is not telling them that their best life is right around the corner. So what is he saying? Well, he's saying that when you're living out your mission, people are going to reject you. There's going to be more work than you could possibly accomplish, accomplish, and they're going to want to figuratively devour you. And how are the disciples supposed to respond to this? It says they're supposed to respond with prayer. Ask the Lord of the harvest. He says, when you over, feel overwhelmed by your mission, it's because you think it's supposed to be easy, it's fun, and it, it's not always easy and fun. This, this past year, living out mission... It's been hard. It's been really tough. We've had so many more obstacles than we've ever had to deal with. And, and God says, ask the Lord of the harvest. Ask me. He says, rely on me. Number three is this. We are to be focused and content. Verse four, we have to be focused and content. He says, don't take a purse or bag or sandals. Don't greet anyone on the road. He doesn't mean this literally. What he's talking about is have a, a, a directness, a focus that you are not going to get pulled away. You have a mission, 
And you need to make sure that you follow through on the mission. Um, Don't get distracted. Be focused on what God has for you. In verse 6, this is really interesting. Um, I want to have a story to tell about this. this, um, If someone who promotes peace is there. So go put put that verse verse, uh, 5 back on the screen, 5 and 6. Um, if you talk to people who do world, a lot of world missions, they actually talk about this concept of finding a person of peace, a man of peace or a woman of peace in a town where there are not Christians. And I've got an example of somebody, a friend of mine who's involved in a church who does a lot of world missions. There was a woman who was in a, a, a country where there weren't a lot of Christians, and, and she actually was told, look, you as a woman, don't talk to men because they're not going to probably take your... Uh, your word very seriously. This is a country where kind of women are denigrated. And she sort of couldn't help herself, and she talks to this cab driver, and she just couldn't help herself talking about Jesus. And he said, oh, that's interesting. I've never heard of this. Tell me more. And so she gets him in touch with somebody and um, did a Bible study with him, asked him if he knew anyone else who wanted to hear the story. And he said, yeah, I think so. So he brought five friends with him to the next Bible study. And then... Um, Oh yeah, this this is the team lead. Got the team leader involved. So now there's you know there's like a team leader and five people, and then uh, later on they said, look, whatever you learned here, go share with ten more people. This is this is news that you want to share. Three years later, they reported that from that one conversation with this woman who found a man of peace who was interested, it's like, oh yeah, I'd like to hear more about this Jesus. There was about five thousand Christians in this one area that previously didn't have any Christians. So this is what Jesus is saying. There are people who are men and women of peace who are open to hearing this, this gospel message. Find them and engage with them. So it's just a very you know, practical way to apply what he's talking about. So be focused, and then he says to be content. So look, this mission, don't take extra stuff. Be happy with what you have. I've heard stories of, of people. I heard one story in particular of someone who was a missionary and uh, they were talking to a local who was a Christian, and they said, you know, all these homes kind of look the same and, you know, pretty simple um, homes. And then there was this one really nice home with a gate around it. And they said, oh, who, who lives there? And the person said, oh, that's the missionary. That's where the missionary lives. And it was just like, oh, that's cringy. That's not what you want to see. So like this missionary who sort of has all this sort of lavish wealth in comparison to what the place where he's ministering. Be content with what you have. Don't you don't need anything. God's going to provide for you. So that's number three. Those are the three observations from this text. Now I've got three quick applications based on implications, applications based on what Jesus is teaching us here in this text. And I, I hopefully I want you guys, as you head your small groups in about five minutes, I want you to think about how this could apply to your lives specifically this summer. Whether you're going on a mission trip or not, how can you apply what Jesus is saying to your own life this summer in your world? The application point number one is this. We are either the mission field or the mission force. Sometimes people think there's three categories of people. There's people who have never heard about Jesus. There's people who have heard about Jesus. And then there's people who get paid to tell people about Jesus. There are not three categories in the, in the, in the New Testament. There's just two. There's, you've ever, either you're, you've not heard about Jesus, and you're not following Jesus, or you are following Jesus, and it's your job to go and tell other people and to live that mission out. Like, it's, it's, it's not just, oh, I'll, I'll let someone else take care of that. You are either the mission field, someone who needs to hear the good news, 
Or you're the mission force, someone who has been told the good news and has been now tasked to say, hey, go tell people, go live it out. Even if you don't have a chance to, to, to use your words to tell the gospel, use your life to tell the gospel message. So there's, there's one of two. And um, not everyone in this room would say that you're you know, someone who has decided to follow Jesus, and that's fine. But if you are, it's, it's now you've been given this incredible opportunity to share that good news with those around you. Um, that's number one. We're either the mission field or the mission force. Number two, there are opportunities for living out our mission all around us. Some of us do this in radical ways. There's a former student of mine. Uh, he graduated from Lake Forest High School, I think, like 12 years ago. And he, um, he, is, he just got back. He was in Afghanistan with his wife and little baby to tell people about Jesus. COVID hit. They made them come home. They can't go back to Afghanistan. And now he's going to go to Greece because that's sort of the only open door he has. But there's a lot of Afghans living in Greece, and he just feels like God has, been, has called him. So he's actually learned a new language, and he's going to go move his family across the world. And it is, he is an incredible, inspiring story, and it's, it's awesome. There are a few people like that that you may you know, know in your life that do that. Uh, but most of you are going to live here, and you're going to have opportunities in your normal life that you have to live out this gospel message. You may think of me as a pastor, oh yeah, you're a pastor, like this is just normal to you. Let me tell you, pastors, it's very easy for pastors to just be like, oh yeah, I'm a pastor, I, I get paid to do this, so I don't have to worry about it. And, but, but what inst- ends up happening is we spend our time around Christians all day long. And that's okay to a certain extent, but that's not living out the mission the way God intends it. So I have had to like make decisions about, like I used to play basketball at noon with some guys uh, over in Lake Forest just to be around people outside the church. Um, I have an acting background, and a few years back I got to be in a play down in the city where um, I was around people far from God. And it was just this incredible experience because... I just felt like, like this thing, like, like all of a sudden I get to go live out this mission in a way that I was made to do. And, and you can just sometimes be around people who are far from God and when they find out that you're a Christian, but they know that you're like, you're, you're, you're nice and you're normal and, and you're, you're fun and you're, you don't judge them and, and you love them, like something changes and they're like, wait, that, there's something different about you. When we have that opportunity to do that, um, it's such a privilege to do that. So um, whatever that looks like in your life, um, and, and, and it may be that you have this opportunity in your school. It may be that you get a job and you work somewhere where you get to be around people who are far from God. Um, it may be that you, you know, some of us here, have, like last summer we did a mission trip in North Chicago, and... Um, there's, there's serving opportunities most Saturdays up there. So just finding ways to get out of your normal routine, your normal comfort zone, and, and sort of see what God does as you get sent out. Um, the question is, you know, how are you reaching out to those, maybe even just a little bit behind you in the faith? Maybe it's not someone who's far from God, but maybe you look around the room here and you go, here's somebody who's a few years younger than me, and you know, someone 
it made a real impact when someone older than me was, was, was kind to me and kind of took me under his wing or her wing. I'm going to do that same thing for someone a little bit behind my, me in the faith. So wherever it is, have eyes to look around, see the people in need. Um, where is God uh, telling you to go? The last one is this. We are either, either moving towards mission or away from it. There's this really um, powerful story in the Bible. Many of you know this story. But King David, man after God's own heart, did so many wonderful things. And then he had this you know, uh, kind of important, like, oopsie in his life where he, um, you know, had an adulterous affair with this woman and got her pregnant and then um, had her husband killed. You know that thing when you do that sometimes, you're like, oopsie. Um, so that happened to him. But it all started at the very beginning. When they start to tell the story, here's what it says about King David. This is before that whole story where he has an affair, gets pregnant, has her husband killed. It says this. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. In the time when kings go off to war, he sent somebody else. He's like, I... I'm King David. Kind of a big deal. So he sent Joab to go do his job instead of doing it himself. And he got himself in trouble because he wasn't doing what he was supposed to. He wasn't on mission. He wasn't going. He wasn't doing what God had made him to do. And it, he instead started just thinking about all the, oh, look at how beautiful she is. And, you know, there it was. There's the oopsie. So we can do that. Some of us might outsource our mission as well. We sort of go, well... You know, I know someone who shares their faith. I know someone who goes and serves. That's good enough for me. It's not good enough. God is calling you to live out his mission in the world in some way. It's only what it's supposed to be when we are on mission. Um, And some of us may even say, you know, I've tried it. I've done it. It hasn't worked for me. Jesus says go in this passage. He says go. There's something about movement that is really important. And um, imagine if I had a bicycle up here, okay? You all know what a bicycle does, but imagine if you'd never seen a bicycle before. And, and I just brought one on stage. I was like, here, look at this. What do you think of this? You might look at it and you'd hold it and then you'd let it go. What would happen to it? Just fall. And you'd be like, well, that is a really stupid chair. <laughs> that chair sucks, you know? I can't sit in that chair at all. Well, then, you know, Somebody would get on it and, like, ride it, and you'd be like, that's so exciting. That chair moves, right? That's a cool chair. I want to get me one of those. It's like that in our faith. If we're moving, if we're going, it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, look at that. Cool chair. Um, I'm reminded of the unbelievably uh, perfect, I'll call it perfect, it's a perfect Pixar movie, The Incredibles. It's a perfect film. And uh, Mr. Incredible comes home from work, and he's, he's angry. Why is, why is he angry? Because he, he, be, he can't be Mr. Incredible. Because he can't be super. Because he has to, you know, work in the insurance place. And, you know, he closes his grabs the thing, the door, and then whatever, and the kid's looking at him, and, and the gum pops in his face. So, and he's angry about it. He picks up the car, right? 
And then the kid's like staring at him. And he says to the kid, uh, what are you waiting for? And the kid goes, I don't know, something amazing, I guess. Um, and that's what we're waiting for, right? We're, we are waiting for something amazing in our lives. And the incredible thing is it's already happened. Something amazing has happened. Jesus has, has come. He has given his life for us. He has sent us his Holy Spirit. He has empowered us to live out his mission in the world. And we have this opportunity. The summer ahead of you can be a time of, 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 of growth and excitement and, and moving your faith forward. And it can also be a real time of stagnation and only thinking about yourself and just sort of watching whatever it is that pops up on the, your, your Netflix feed. And, you know, none of that stuff is, is, is bad. But if that's the focus of your life, you're going to get to the end of the summer and you're going to go, eh, I, I don't know what I did. Or you can say, I, how, how can I live out God's mission this summer? And then when you get to the summer, you say, how can I live out God's mission in the school year ahead? Those of you seniors going to college at your college campuses, those of you coming back to high school, how can I live out God's mission in the school year ahead? And it just builds and builds and builds. When we're on mission, everything changes. Let's pray.